Bueno. Boom. It's working. It's working. It it's always working. works out. It always works out. Or not. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Meaning cool. it does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ah. Or does it not have to work out to work out sometimes? That's true. This is very true. Every past relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every bad thing in our lives has brought us here talking to each other um, on the internet. So, All the yeah. answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what were we talking about? I don't know. Yeah. Your beard. Oh, my beard. Inch, my intro. What Your I used intro. to do before I was a, a flow person. Yeah. So you said you were, you were moving in different planes, but more of a, a maximal strength, strict focus and not as much spiraling. Could you go yeah. more into detail about that? Sure. Um, uh, and, and it's funny how you connect the dots later, but when you're in it, you're not really quite connecting the dots. So it wasn't like this thing one day where I was like, I should do flow training. Like it didn't magically happen that way at all. Um, I was a strength trainer and I was really big into hit training and I was really big also into short bursts and pure just strength training. Um, and I was an athlete my whole life and, but I really got focused in on golf and wanted to play golf, um, you know, professionally. And so I played D one golf for Baylor university. And when I was there at Baylor, we had strength and conditioning coaches who were amazing but at that time because this is a long time ago like i'm i'm turning 40 this year so no you're not yeah you know we're asian we're you gonna lie look on like... my yeah <laughs> well you're gonna look like this for a while and then yeah. one day you're gonna turn into a grandma i know overnight. But, but by then i won't have a sex drive so that's okay it's a, well, we'll see medical technology that's true that's true all the new things um <laughs> so yeah i was playing at Baylor and I had amazing strength conditioning coaches. But back then there was like nothing like flow, nothing like, you know, like there was kettlebells, but even kettlebells back then were more strict, you know, it was hard style kettlebell unless you were, um, what, what's it called? Com competition style, you know, where there's a little bit more flow going on because they're doing like a thousand reps of like a snatch. So you kind of had to, to make it more efficient. And it's so interesting how it took this long for the fitness community to kind of put those things together of like, oh, efficiency does require flow um, and that you can generate actually more power and that athletic movement and athletic training is flow in itself. You know, watching a soccer player sprint down, you know, cut and do their moves on the on the on the grass. You know, it's just like that is flow in essence. So rewind. I was playing golf, did strength and conditioning with my amazing coaches at Baylor University. And we did so much that I actually got really tight. It actually messed up my game. Um, and I, I was getting stronger, um, but not for the purpose of being an athlete. Uh, and I didn't really figure that out till later. Um, and so I, I was a trainer for about four or five years in and then uh, and doing stuff like hard style kettlebells and, and lifting and things like that. They were all fantastic. And then a little bit of mobility, a little bit of more of that functional training. And then I started playing around with things and I became that, that, uh, trainer that's, 
using a cable machine and at the same time doing something with a kettlebell, you know. And um, <laughs> I was that guy, that girl. <laughs> and um, I just realized I was getting bored and I was really seeking more patterns or more pathways of, of movement in my body. And, and so I started looking at things like yoga and Ido Portel movement and things like that. And one of my friends had just taken the animal flow course. And she was like, you should take this animal flow course. And I was like, animal flow? Like, what are we going to like roar? Like, like we're going to look like cats on the floor. And she's like, it's kind of like that. And I was like, I was like, no, that sounds stupid. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. You know? And then she was like, no, really, I, I think you're really going to like it. Here's the website. Check it out. So I look at it and I look at all the YouTube videos and I'm like, wow, this is, this is like, like I was still in that mindset that yoga doesn't make you strong. Like I was, I was still in that mindset of like body weight training doesn't really, does it really make you stronger? Or do you have to be like a gymnast from the age five to really get it? So I kind of was like, okay, maybe. And, and there happened to be an animal flow workshop that was coming up in the next like three weeks. So I was like, screw it. I'll just go. And then that's kind of how it started. And I, I went, that fell in it. love with it. And, you know, from there I began, I began to become more open-minded, not only with like animal flow and movement and body weight training, but also yoga, meditation, breath work, mobility. And then I found FRC and then all these other things and led me to people like you and other, you know, interesting people like Weck and, you know, all the other people that we, we play around with. And you realize that, you know, ultimate movement and ultimate strength really is a collaboration of all the things. You know, there's not one thing that's superior than the other. What's superior is if you can master a lot of them and, and combine them and utilize them for what it is that you need to do, whether you're a golfer or a strength trainer or a dancer or a wrestler, you know, like that's really what it is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I have a like a similar uh, track in my history where I got into a kind of one rabbit hole and it led me to this path of all these other things. And then, you know, that's how I was introduced to what you're doing. And yeah, it's funny how that the algorithm kind of works and brings people together, like-minded people. But uh, it, and it was hard for me going from conventional exercise because I was really good at exercising, but I felt like shit, like it didn't help me yes. <laughs> um, outside of the exercise. Yeah. And I do different exercise modalities um, and I would feel better because I stopped the other things I was doing and then I'd end up in the same place, getting good at this, specializing and not feeling like I was a better human being. Um, and then recently, I think what you alluded to before about the spiraling, like uh, in, in the dynamic movement, I was like actually moving my body through space, like on my feet uh, was something I was missing. Uh, and I think maybe I was against because of functional patterns type of stuff. <laughs> like yeah. I, I was, I, uh, I kind of wrote that off because um, the guy's a dick but I'm not knocking anything he teaches. I, I don't know. 
I like I I'd love to go to one of his courses and just learn. I, I love learning from everyone. I'm the same. You know? I'm the same. There's definitely people <laughs> that I've heard about in this industry where you're like, so and so is a dick, but they got really great shit to teach, you know. And I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm down to learn. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't the the person, even though it's regrettable, shouldn't cloud uh, what they're they're teaching. Right. So yeah, I'm 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 kind of more open to all these things, and right now. I think we're both in a place where we're looking for something that when we do, we get better at it, but we also feel better. And it also makes us better all yeah. around at things we want to A hundred percent. You know, I don't know how many, and I'm sure you get this too. You'll get someone who like all they do is lift and then they'll come to you and they'll go, oh, I know I need mobility. And because we've allowed ourselves to be so open-minded about learning new modalities now you know i'm kind of like well yes mobility is part of it but you know there's also mindset there's also like what what are you bringing to the table like what's your nervous system what's going on you know and your parasympathetic and your sympathetic you know before you even show up at the gym you know or someone who like all they do is yoga and breath work and mindfulness and they're like oh i know i need strength and i'm like yeah you do need strength but like are you really recruiting your muscles and your providing movement and the spiraling and, you know, the, from moving from one place to another locomotively, are you properly engaging in that? So it is really interesting how there's so many little details uh, and little pockets of fitness modalities out there. And, and like you said, it's, it's a matter of, can we find the thing that we need in those moments to fill in those gaps? So we can continue on to whatever your practice is smoothly. Yeah, I, I love how you said the, the mindset of what you're doing. Because you could take someone who's doing, say, lifting or yoga and have them do the same movement or exercise, but with a completely different intention, you know, maybe in parasympathetic, maybe going for range of motion instead of uh, brute strength and change the experience completely right. you could yeah the, you could do the exact same movement and i do this a lot with clients i i don't know how you demonstrate this like on social media but um you know when i'm with clients or when i'm teaching a workshop or teaching a class i'm very much like okay we're gonna do the exact same movements guys but now i want you to put in maximal strength then i'll be like okay we're gonna do the exact same movements but now you're gonna keep your mouth closed and only breathe through your nose. Now we're gonna do the exact same movements, you know, and I'll, I'll give them different tasks to think about while they're doing it, and it changes the experience completely. And it seems like the animal flow is a great tool for that because I see it could be used as conditioning, it could be used as um, exploring mobility, and you could kind of really hone in the same moves uh, for different intentions. Is that absolutely a... absolutely like that's, that's why it's my favorite modality. There's a lot of modalities out there that I love. Like, I'm not one to poo poo on anything. You know, like I remember for a minute, there are a lot of people were like, making fun of Zumba. And I was like, what's wrong with Zumba? I think it's great. It's, it's getting people to move their bodies. Too. And it's hard. Yeah, and it, it's actually neurally challenging mm -hmm. you. You know, it's challenging you on another level coordination wise. Um, but uh, yeah, animal flow is fantastic because of that. Be 
and it's also how it's taught. Like Mike Fitch, he's the creator of Animal Flow, one of my mentors. He's an amazing genius. Like he is, he's more than a pretty face that could move well for sure. Like he is pretty though. He's a pretty, pretty guy, but um, he can, he is, he knows so much science behind it. And, um, you know, he really developed it to be anatomical. And he, you know, when he's teaching it, he's like, look, we're right now, we're working the um, obliques, the exterior oblique sling, right? Pulling this to this, from this end to this end. Right now, we're using this because we want to utilize the flexion chain as much, much as possible. You know, he'll, he'll really get into the science of why he designed the moves the way he did, um, because there's, you know, you, we've seen in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like there's, they also do side kick-throughs, you know, and they call them kick-throughs. And they do it a little bit differently. But you, when you understand the science, you understand why they do it that way versus why animal flow does it another way. And it's because, for instance, in a side kick through, they're going to be a lot more close chain because they're always on guard because they're actually fighting someone. So they're trying to prepare the body for that. In animal flow, we're trying to express the anatomical lines of the body um, in, what, in, in different slings of the body. So it becomes a more balanced fitness regimen versus training like a specific fighter. So if I was training a fighter, I would show them the open sling so they can find some mobility out of it. Then we would also do it closed sling style. So, yeah. Oh, that's, um, so is that, do you guys go over that in the, in the certifications and courses, how to program um, for the needs of the individual? Cause it seems like you could do so much with that program because of all the positions and movements and slings you're accessing. Right. Right. Um, so in the actual course that they teach, I'm, I'm not a master coach, by the way, I, I'm just, I just love it a lot. And Mike is one of you my are mentors, a master, but you are a master coach, <laughs> but I mean like, you know what I mean? But, um, but yes, <laughs> I, I've attended like 15 different certs and, and mentorships with animal flow. So they don't, teach you specifically who you're programming but they do talk about the anatomical lines and slings like that i the other talking about fighters was kind of from my own personal experience of when i have trained fighters and when i have or on the opposite spectrum when i have trained dancers so it's a matter of of just like me figuring out what their needs are and being like oh okay this is going to work better for them based on the feedback mm -hmm. you know Awesome. Yeah. So, so if you have the, the coach's eye and the, you know, skills, you could apply those principles to help anyone. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And it was funny. What were we talking about? Zumba. I just have to bring this up. <laughs> Yesterday I went, I went to this arcade and there was, um, remember dance dance revolution. Yeah. We hop on the <laughs> things and they light up. Yeah. Dude, I... It's like, like Simon says with your feet. Yeah, dude, I was playing that and I was like, whoa, this is the, um, what all the, the movers are doing nowadays. We used to do this as kids and I forgot about it, but it was yes. so much fun. Just the coordination yes. and the footwork. Um, it's like yeah, playing so Twister. No, I love that. Twister. Remember Skip yeah. It? No, what was Skip It? Skip It's where you, you um, <laughs> not saying I was into this. I saw my sister play it, but uh, there was... Uh, <laughs> like a ankle 
uh, strap and there was this little line with a, a ball and you would have yes. to put the other leg around it. Yes. I was we terrible at back. that. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Like next week or the week after figure out a time, let's get together and let's put together all the games that we played as kids. And yeah, we're going to remember handball. Why is handball like this? I thought it was handball. Why is this okay, handball? So, or do you guys call it a wall ball? Wall it's ball. The one where it, it's a big rubber ball and you hit it and it has a bounce hit um, and it can't go directly into the wall. I don't. Well, I, I didn't really play. Wait, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think I do remember this. I remember getting nailed in the face a few times. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing it all back. We're all bringing it all back. Four square everything. We're going to have a. I mean, that should be a thing. <laughs> that should be a thing. Like, I, I had an idea w one time where I was like, I wanted to open a gym that was, like, mostly games. And, and like, uh, and then create, like, an um, uh, like obstacle course and all this other stuff. But I was like, I don't know where I could do that in L.A. And that would be so expensive in L.A. <laughs> but we maybe we go in on let's, it and do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> Because I always think, like, look at the progression of, like, physical education as kids. And mm -hmm. I live next to uh, an elementary school. So I love, I'll open the window and I'll just watch these kids play. Not in a creepy manner at all. <laughs> I was going to say. Love, I love to just see the different ages and, and how they progress. Because, you know, the young ones, like, kindergarten, first grade, they just, the bell rings, they run outside and they go meet up with their friends and they play. And then you kind of see as they get older and like, they have to run the mile and do these laps and, and do their stretches, all the other things. Like their mindset, once again, just changes. Like them yeah. running to go see their friends and them running because they're told they have to go to the wall and back. Right. Like it's the same changes. action, but different mindset. Yeah, and they're you're like, hey, everything's different about it. And um, so I wondered if we just had like these kids in the wild and they got older, I wonder how that play would progress. You know, I wonder what they would be doing if the games would just get more intense, if it would just level up a notch. <laughs> but I would love to do that with adults, you know, like, hey, I think this is where you left off. <laughs> yeah. Go back to this. And yet, well, as like, trainers, we have these tools to, to nitpick the specifics and do the accessory and mobility, blah, blah, blah. Right. But um, yeah, that play, especially on the social level, the neural level, the emotional level, there's so much benefits that we're leaving on the table. So your 100%. idea of the games, I think, is, is genius. Well, I think, I mean, it'd be a lot of fun. And then also, like, my favorite way to work out is when I work out with a friend or another trainer. And rarely are we like okay we're gonna do five sets of this and this like I, I we do that sometimes and I do that on my own but when I'm usually working with someone we're playing we're like oh check this out oh I just made up this new move let's get you know and we get really creative and it becomes more like a game and it's really fun and you know then we'll record ourselves we'll watch it and be like oh that that looks weird we should let's let's change it you know or we'll look at it and be like that's amazing you know and it's like this this camaraderie that you're also exploring. And last week I spent some time at a playground um, and 
I was just going through the monkey bars and just playing around and not really doing anything specific, but just exploring as if I was a kid again. And it was so much fun. And, you know, then there's like these little like five-year-olds that are also playing on the monkey bars. Mind you, like my hand is this big, their hands are like, you know, this big, but they're swinging from monkey bar to monkey bar. And so that they're like using like, that's like a fat grip, you know, for those little kids' hands. And meanwhile, you know, how many adults have trouble not using a thick grip and just hanging? So it just shows us, you know, where, where we did leave off. Yeah, and it's funny if you have someone hang, like, hey, I just want you to hang for time, and maybe they drop after 30 seconds. But you have someone hang and give them a game to do or play around with them, they can double, triple their time without even knowing it. So I think there's something with having that, like, task-based, The it's about the journey, not the quantifiable time. Right. Uh, creates a whole different experience and you actually create more uh volume you could do there's more meaning and purpose behind it which i think is another thing we're lacking in exercise today is the you know why am i doing this right <laughs> or i just need to suffer uh, and that's gonna get me these these goals external right. goals well most people now they're like like you said they want to suffer so to them that's their way of relieving stress when really they're putting more stress on their body and then there, you know, other issues arise from that, or, you know, they're, they're wanting to, to ask that they have aesthetic goals and not that aesthetic goals are, are wrong. I just feel like aesthetic goals should be a, a side like bonus thing. Um, you know, and I'm really all about like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but here's the thing, like, I know when I was younger, I definitely worked out for aestheticals. And the older I get, the more I'm like, aesthetics are great, not poo-pooing on that. But my goal really is to feel strong and to move well and to feel like I own my body and I own my movement. And I'm not going to be that person that bends over to like tie my shoe and pull something, um, you know, and, and the aesthetic goals that come with it, that that's just like an amazing bonus that I appreciate, you know? Yeah. And I just wish, I just wish more people thought that way. Like, what do you think it is? What's like that? Or what was it maybe even for you that was that moment of like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe the message of being mindful of my movement or connecting to my movement or whatever verbiage works for you. Like what, what was that moment or, and what do you think more of the general population need to hear from trainers like us and anyone, any one of you guys that are listening? right now yeah that's a good question uh, i think i think for me i i still <clears throat> aesthetics is still a goal for me like uh, it's a it's a very big driver but i i have a different um way of approaching it i guess so now i'm thinking i i want to i want to look good but i want to look good for a long time. I want to look good in the future. <laughs> and I know that ironically, when you shift your focus to feeling better, moving better, increasing your options, it actually gives you a bigger base to build aesthetics on and especially sustainable base. Yes. So I think it's just having a kind of zooming out a little bit and saying, okay, that's a goal, but how, what is the most sustainable, efficient way um 
an all around way to get all these other qualities. So yeah, I think, I think we could take that goal that people come in with when they're like, I just want a six pack or whatever, and then <laughs> kind of manipulate it into a package where they get that. And, you know, we feel good about what we're giving them and, and, you know, we're helping them beyond just that goal. But yeah, right. that, that goes into psychology. It, it's a tricky thing. It is such a tricky thing. It's, it's a thing that I've been kind of, I, I'm really trying to wrap my head around, like how to message that better. Because uh, I think all goals are great. But I think ultimately, like when you feel so whole in your own body, like you really feel like you own your own body, all those things come with it together. You know, like if you make that the leader, the aesthetic goals will be there, the endurance goals, the longevity and the health. Um, I, I feel like that that's what more people need of. And, and also like we're we're trainers, we're nerds about this stuff. Like I can mm -hmm. talk about this stuff all day. I could read books about it all day. And, and we do, right? We're, you know, I'm the type of person like my, the, my one of my favorite things to do is go take a certification. Like, <laughs> you know, so a lot of us are like that. Yeah, we're, we're nerds <laughs> like that. But a lot, most people, most normal people, they're, they're not like that. And uh, I'm, I'm always kind of trying to figure out how do I, how do I get that messaging clearer for people? Yeah, that's an uphill battle because I think that goes along with one of the best things we could do as far as uh, through movement is uh, build awareness and mindfulness and be in the present moment. And it's it might be simple. I mean, think about meditation. That is one of the hardest practices for people to do. It's one of the hardest habits. But, you you know, you just sit there and, and you know, follow your breath or you know, watch your thoughts. That is almost impossible for a lot of people and very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So to try to bring that into movement, um, yeah, you might be alienating someone, but I think uh, something I'd play around with is, hey, while we do this, and I think you brought this up before, let's just do this in with nasal breathing. Uh, and I want your breath to dictate when you stop, uh, maybe the range of motion and that alone is such an experience for people who are all day, they're just jacked up dealing with stress at work. And then you have them regulate and control that. Uh, it could be overwhelming. Maybe emotions come up. I'm sure you've experienced that with clients. For uh, sure. We're getting very intimate with people when we get into that stuff. hundred uh, percent. And it's like this release though. So I, I actually, I appreciate it whenever a client does go to that place. I'm like, Oh, thank God you're letting, you're letting it in or you're releasing it. It's, it's such a big thing. And, um, cause how, okay, here's kind of switching directions, but staying on the same path. Like how often do you get people going? How do you have motivation to do this every day? Right. People, people are always, they're like, oh, I'm not motivated or, or whatnot. And I, I don't think it's like the motivation so much of uh, as much as it's really about like, how does it make you just feel like presently? Yeah, I, I get that a lot about diet, actually. Uh, really? <laughs> I mean, that's hard. 
that one's I think putting something in your mouth <laughs> and trying to tell someone else what to put in their mouth. That one's really tied with emotion. So that's harder for me. But but me personally, yeah, that's hard to relate to someone else because I I have addictive personality and I feel mm. like it's hard for me not to be in the gym. It, it it might be healthy for me to take a little break and do something else, but I'm addicted to exercising. That, that makes me feel good. I have a very uh, strong tie-in with that. But uh, yeah, to create that trigger with someone else, once again, psychology, that's hard. I think you they have to define their why. Um, and then we have to build in what we're doing to that why, to that end goal, something deep, something meaningful that goes beyond, um, or maybe, maybe it all goes down to, to a sexual value biologically. Um, but I think if they could find that connect to it, then the consistency will be there. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm always wondering, I'm always trying to, to figure, figure that out. But, but how do you relate that to uh, people you work with? To, to motivation or to what? Yeah, to, to getting in the gym, to making this part of the lifestyle. Um, it's just a matter of like, do, do they care about themselves? Do they give a shit? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really that simple. I think people make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And uh, I'm a lot like you. I'm addicted to moving. I'm addicted to, to working out. I'm, I'm less so the older I'm getting, for sure. Um, but uh, for the longest time since childhood, it was my way of releasing stress or connecting to myself. And when I was a kid, I was actually pretty quiet uh, and shy. I'm definitely not like that now. But I was very quiet, very shy when I was a little kid. And sports was one of the ways that I expressed myself through body language. And it was one of the only things that I felt like I was good at. And so it just became this thing that I kept working on because I was getting positive reinforcement from it. Um, and I think a lot of times that's, that's kind of like what we do as humans. Like whatever we get positive reinforcement in, we're like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> but yeah. – um, and I think that that's a big part of like when I'm training clients is I'm, I'm noticing where they're making gains and it's not about it looking perfect. It's about like, do they care? And as long as I see that the client is really trying and, and they're making little, even if it's like a tiny little bit of progress, I'm just like, good job. That's amazing. You know, just showing up sometimes for them, uh, for my online students, I get super excited when they post their videos because I know that takes a lot. That's not normal. You know, people like me and you, we post videos every day. It's like a normal thing. But I do remember when, the first few times I posted a video, I was like, oh, my God, this is so scary. You know, it's like getting up on stage for the first time and speaking. It, it's, it's, it's a very scary thing. And so I get excited when I see people going beyond their comfort zone. And, and because that's where the growth happens, you know, and that's not a secret. Now, if you've had Instagram for more than a month, you've seen that motivational quote at least a thousand times. And, you know, it's about being uncomfortable and, and it's true. You know, you got, you want, you got uncomfortable and you did something because you knew it was good for you. So be proud of that. And to me, that's where, that's, that's the silver lining. 
Yeah, that's that's what makes you a great coach right there. I mean, I remember when I was younger as a trainer, it was the opposite. Like I was always finding technical faults, finding what was wrong uh, and trying to sound like an authority. Like I have the answers you need to always trying to perfect. Um, Right. And then I, I made the switch where I was like, my goal is to have everyone hit a PR every single day in every single thing they do, ideally. So one thing they can improve upon, it's, you know, doesn't have to be just the weight. It could be, hey, you know, this looked better. This quality looked better. We did one more. Uh, you were more relaxed. It doesn't matter, but, but find the positives. And I think that gets people pumped up. That does kind of snowball into them looking forward to training and coming in and looking forward to the progress and where they've been when you highlight those type of things. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome that you're doing that with your clients. It's fun stuff. Um, have you been, uh, have you been flowing lately? Or are you looking for, I'm looking forward to, to doing OMU this, this June. Yeah. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm wait. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for the homework and we're going to, the whole community is going to be animal flowing. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to jump on a call. Cause I need to, I'm still like, not sure. Ex Cause there's a lot of good movers in that community. So I kind of want to figure they're out all, where to, what kind of homework to be giving. <laughs> they're all like mediocre movers. You know, they see, <laughs> they, they seem, I think they could do uh they could do hand balancing. Um, they just do one arm hand balancing, you know, Tearing some, cards. Some metal splits too. But some yeah, well, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Juggling. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, what do you, what is it you hope that these people will get from experiencing the animal flow? I hope that they experience kind of what happened to me, which was, was like, wow, here's another great tool for the toolbox. And um, to dive into it. And that's what I think is so genius about OMU. Um, OMU is amazing because you guys bring in specialists every month to teach people their thing. And I need to get back <laughs> into going in, into those modules. I've been super busy the last couple months, but I love it because I, I go on there and I see so much uh, transference. So of what I do in other things, but also but but then you're getting like all those little gaps that you didn't get before and and how all movement is related you know there's not you know i think a lot of times people like to classify themselves as i'm a strength coach or you know i work on flexibility and mobility or i do this and like we were saying earlier it all is one melting pot um so i mean like when it comes to omu i'm excited to see people take what I do and I want to learn as I coach people I want to learn like what you guys are feeling what you guys are seeing how it relates to what you're already doing um I think that's the exciting part is to you know because I'm going to be in a in a world of other coaches so <laughs> yeah. I would love I would love to see that transference like what you guys do and what I do molded together I'm excited I'm excited for that too, because a lot of 
people seem to be into the um, floor work movements or the, like you said, the Edo Portal animal uh, movements down and back. But to experience animal flow, I think what you do is coming from a very different mindset as those. Um, I, I'd love to see how you teach it, but I know they're going to get something probably different than, than how they were approaching the other things. Uh, and I think that's going to fill in a lot of gaps. That's going to be a fresh perspective. And I think it will benefit a lot of people. That's why, you know, we're, we're excited. I'm excited to see you teach that. No pressure. No pressure. All, but, uh... <laughs> no pressure. I'll just be calling you every day. Oh my God. What did I, did I post the right thing? Should I have done something harder? Should I have done something easier? Like, oh, yeah. have, you, have, you, have you done online programming before? Yes. Like, I mean, yes. other than OMU, other than OMU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So like, how many times have you, you put it out there and then you're kind of like, did I make it too hard? Or they're like, oh, did I make it too easy? Like, what's that, that Goldilocks level? Oh, dude. When I, first, when I first did online programming, I did make it too hard. I was like, I'm going to give this person everything. And it was a floodgate. <laughs> and they were like, what the hell? Like, and I, had to, I had to calm down like one thing at a time um, and take a, a more minimal strategy and a little more auto regulation on the individual. But uh, I, I did it completely the wrong way at first. I went through all the stumbling, you know, blocks and mistakes. Uh, and I think that's pretty common when people get into online training is oh, for they sure. want to download everything at once when um, it's really about setting up them for success uh, towards their goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you, you're doing online training currently right now? Yes. Uh, I have strength and flow, uh, which is a program that takes people through breath work, uh, some mobility, and then they go through doing drilling movements and then they combine those movements into a flow and then they cool down with breath work. And so it's a full body, uh, workout program where they're learning new flows every day. And, uh, it's, it's like 18 different workouts and it took me so long to film it because I was very stubborn and I said, I want to make a program that I would want to do. And so, uh, it's a total follow along program. Like there's no, like I'm sweating my butt off as I'm teaching it. Yeah. And, uh, each video is like 35 to 40 minutes long. And yeah, it took me a while to make that. Actually, Mike Fitch, uh, mentored me through that process of making it. Oh, and cool. it was, it was awesome. But he was like, Venus, you've got to like, when I first came up with the program, he's looking at it and he's like, there's just too much in here. <laughs> I was like, but they have, they need to learn all these things. And he's like, yeah, but he, he, he gave me really good advice. He goes, look, Vetus, he goes, of all the things, you know, just know that you'll only be able to teach about 30% of what you know, because there's only so much that other people can actually absorb. Mm-hmm. And I, I took that and, uh, and I still think about that every time I teach. I'm like, I have to remember that most people are going to absorb only about 30% at the most. You know, and, and they even say, like, if you go to a certification course, you're really going to remember 10 to 20% you know, of what you, you learn. Meaning, like, 
we'll learn the stuff on the surface, but the stuff underneath, you know, that's going to take time. It's going to take mastery. It's going to take practice. And um, that's why I've been to probably over 15 different animal flow certifications or mentorships um, because, and every time I go, and even though we're learning a lot of the same moves, we're learning the fine, minute details that just make it that like, Oh, that's, that's how I make it smoother. Oh, that's how I feel more powerful in that movement. Or that's how I find more control. And then, um, you know, but, but, but learning that was a huge deal learning that I was going overboard. And so that's also why I recently put out a beginner program to be able to go over the concepts that I think are, are really foundational, uh, when you're learning movement. So I was like, okay, I need to break this down even simpler. And that's available on your uh, website? Yes, on venusfit.com. Venusfit.com. Uh, uh-huh, venusfit.com. And also, it's, if you click, if anyone listening here clicks the link in my bio, they'll see that. And then I also do like a, a free subscription to where um, every week or every other week I'm putting out uh, an email with some really good information. And then there's always discount codes in those emails and then this summer in june uh, i'm releasing a kettlebell and flow program with kettlebell exercises marcus martinez uh he's a master coach for kettlebells that looks cool i saw a post where you were uh doing some kettlebell flow uh yeah. that looks really interesting looking forward yeah. to checking that out it's, it's really yeah. exciting because we we teach from a really foundational level and every set is, is a progression of the last movement. So we're really trying to get people to flow more because they see it online and they're like, oh, this is cool, but that looks too hard. So we, we really broke it down step by step. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need more of. On your feet, moving. On your feet, Zumba. moving. <laughs> we're doing yeah, Zumba, like kettlebells, <laughs> steel maze, Kettlebell and Zumba. lifting shopping carts. <laughs> oh shoot shopping cart flow <laughs> shopping cart flow yes wait we'll team up on that one that's it we that's to, we need that's to collab. what we're doing <laughs> we'll just go in a junkyard and create a flow oh my god uh, that actually would be really fun <laughs> but that uh man that that resonated with me what you said about uh all the certifications you're taking because i remember I remember one in particular where I can't remember really anything from it, but one line that, um, that they said that was like, um, gave me like the mind bomb. I was like, wow, that just shifted my perspective of how I looked at things. I was like, that alone was worth all the money, me being here because I carried, you know, planted a seed. I carried that along and it affected how I uh, view things and did things. And I think it's those little things, maybe it was a Carl Paoli. It was his workshop, um, uh, the freestyle connection workshop. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, complexity increases inclusivity. Hmm. And he was describing um, why the benefits of a kipping pull-up. And he was like, kipping pull-up, it's about getting from A to B however you can. 
from whatever line. There's not a strict line. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the complexity of that movement task allows more people to be able to accomplish it because you're saying you can get there any way that you can. And mm-hmm. it's about you individually and not doing it, fitting a certain mold. Cause maybe you don't have the body that can do it that way yet, strict or whatever. Right. And um, that I was like, Whoa, I wrote that down. I was like, that, that is it complexity. That's, that was the thing I couldn't articulate about why I love using sandbags with people um, over a barbell because it's not as technical. You could find whatever way is best for you to get it up. Um, and it's kind of self-limiting. Uh, the, the rates of, of injury are down because it doesn't have to be in this very technical specific line. Yes. And, um, and, and I took that, that thought and kind of had something solid to apply. I and love yeah, I, that. I'll always remember that line and I'll always uh, credit Carl for saying that, but it was Carl's worth awesome. the price of admission. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I haven't met him in person. We've, we've talked like online and stuff and I, I very much am a fan of his. He's, he seems like a really good person. And I love that line. It's so true. And it just shows like, I always, cause I always go back and forth between like saying to myself, like what is proper form, but then also being like in life, we don't move in proper form. I'm, I'm always giving the example when I t- bend over to tie my shoe, I don't rotate in a perfect 180. I don't hinge always properly. Right. Give me that Jefferson curl in my spine. And you know, I'm not, I'm not in a perfect split squat. So in life, it is more of that complexity is inclusivity because that that's life, right? Well, Stuart McGill would say you're going to blow your back out in five years doing that. I don't know. Ne- neutral spine next time you tie your shoes. <laughs> neutral spine. <laughs> Only tie your shoes in neutral spine. Uh, if you're going to take anything away from this live people, neutral spine when you tie your shoes. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Obviously, right? Come on. <laughs> We're not- we're not going to give people uh, dangerous information out there. That's right. And if any of yeah. you guys are literal people, we're joking. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we are. That's yeah. happened to me. I was on a live <laughs> once when I said something jokingly, and I got a DM later. And I was like, I just wrote back like I, I was joking. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> I was on a live with uh, my buddy Tom, uh, or Tom Mountjoy, Primal Movers. And we went on a 10 minute rant about the secret to movement, which is a, a calf program mm-hmm. uh, doing calf raises. And we got messages after uh, asking for this calf program. <laughs> um, but we were being totally facetious the whole time. But you of know, course. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, I'm not good at picking up sarcasm either. So oh, you're I, not. Could, I could sympathize. No, I have like borderline Asperger's. So sometimes it's hard for me. Oh, borderline Asperger's. I feel like I have a lot of people in my life that say they're like borderline Asperger's these days. I think it's common. It's a spectrum, right? Like everyone's somewhere on it. So I wonder where I am on it now. Like now I like want to, I want to take a test. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're probably somewhere on there. You seem like a very, um, well-adjusted human being. Venus. I feel like I feel like I am. I'm definitely really quirky and weird in certain ways. <laughs> but... Like in a good way. I remember the first time we talked, 
um, I think I think there was a dick joke within the the first twenty seconds, <laughs> yeah. and right after that, I was like, Venus is one of my people. I love her already. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of people don't know this. Uh, oh, someone said sexy boobs. Yeah, they're huge. Um, that's that's. I think like, he was talking to you, though. I think they were talking to you. Um, I think uh, a lot of people know this. I, I moved to LA actually to be a comedy writer before I was a fitness trainer. So someone just asked for you to show their boobs. Definitely not me. I This shirt is pretty much see-through. Like <laughs> um, you can see the nipple right there. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't know. What, I, could, I could pour water on it maybe next time. Oh. That will be on the Snapchat um, paid version. Yes. So you, you have to pay for that. Actually, next time we hang out, wet t-shirt uh, shopping cart throwing contest. Okay. I'm going to hold a, you to that. At a junkyard. I'll, I'll bring you one of these see-through t-shirts. That's going to go viral. <laughs> That's going to go viral, big, guys. <laughs> they went from boobs to big penis. Oh man, hey, Star Plus thank new. <laughs> thank you. Star Plus new. I am Star going to you after this. Star Plus new, sign up um, for <laughs> Venus's newsletter, and you're going to get some discount codes. That's right. B <laughs> big discount codes. Throbbing discount codes. Yeah, <laughs> but you. So what? Did anything come of the, the comedy yeah. uh, dream? How was that? Uh, within my first year of moving here, me and my best friend were, um, were a writing team. We optioned a script to a big studio um, and had like a star attached. And um, But it was never made, which I, I don't know if some of you guys know this or not, but about only 10% of the scripts bought by studios actually get made. Um, and then we we pitched to a lot of other companies of our our comedy. We did some rewrites. We uh, created two web series. We filmed one and produced one as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And then, but it's a really rough it's a rough business, and you know not enough to to fully pay the bills. So I was waitressing and bartending, but even previous comedy writer venus i uh actually worked in sales and marketing so i've had a lot of lives sales and marketing that helps a lot i think in this industry that's something i wish i wish i actually would have um what is it the um mormons or jehovah witness uh, hmm. jehovah witnesses where they have to knock on the doors and put in a certain amount of hours, I believe. Oh, yes. Um, talking to people. That's something I wish I would have done younger because it's you wish mostly You were rejected. a Jehovah's Witness? Yes, yes. <laughs> I wish I was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, some told me, who was it that told me that? They, they were saying they only hired Jehovah's Witnesses. Really? Uh, for some sales because they huh. said that's the best sales training you could get anywhere. Because oh. the the rate of um, rejection is so high, but you just you just keep going. You're going in trying to get your foot in the door, uh, and it builds a lot of character. And that I... was something I lacked: rejection, especially in the sales, talking to people. 
I had to kind of build that up later on and I'm still building it up. I don't have I feel like expertise yet. I feel like everyone should know what it's like to work in um at, at, like at a restaurant. And I mean like mm-hmm. all of it. So my my I grew up my parents owned a restaurant. I've been a hostess, I've been a bus girl, bus boy. You know, I've waited tables and I've bartended. And you really get a true spectrum of humankind in a restaurant because uh, you have to really learn how to deal with people when they're angry or frustrated, you know, or in, in memorization skills when you're taking people's orders. I mean, there's just so much in the service industry. I think everyone should experience being a waitress, bartender or hostess or something in that sense, because also like your, your part of your salary is based on, how you can service another human. So I think that one's, that's big. That taught me a ton. Yeah. yeah, I, I agree. You'd be a lot nicer to other servers as well. Cause I, I worked at an Italian restaurant, same thing. I worked like in the back, uh, in the kitchen, um, at the register and serving. Uh, and I gotta say one thing about the service industry, there's a lot of drugs in it. Yes, which <laughs> I found out the hard way. But yeah, there is. And I think maybe that's I think it's because you're dealing with people all day and you want to be in that element. Um, and you have this like facade, the smile. That's hard. <laughs> that could be soul draining doing that for, you know, people who do that 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, but it is, it builds a very, a very good social skill. It, you use that muscle of your brain. So yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. It's, um, I think I would say that was like my first really true intro to, to like memorization skills and then segue fast forward into teaching animal flow. And, <laughs> right, and animal teaching. Flow. Oh, that's why we're on this whole thing. <laughs> this whole thing. Um, uh, segueing back into being a trainer, like like teaching moves and and being able to call out the limb and like which side, the right or left side, uh, all that comes into play. Um, I'm really going off track right now, but I just had this idea of like memorization and like. Mm-hmm. Like where it's not, it's not like you're memorizing a textbook. It's like you're having to call things out and memorize like on demand versus, versus I read this thing in a book and I'm memorizing it and now I'm, I'm going to speak about it. Mm-hmm. And, and also it's a, a feeling, a coordination that you have to bring out. Uh, so it's an, an embodied memorization in a sense. And I also want to ask, before I let you go, your current training right now, is it um, primarily animal flow? Um, would you say animal flow could be an accessory to someone's training? Could it be someone's main um, part of training? Uh, how do you personally use it? Yes to all of that. Um, Animal flow is my primary way that I train myself, but um, obviously lately I've been doing a lot of kettlebells, especially with putting out a kettlebell program. And also last year I had gotten, I had bronchitis last March 
And it was so intense that it shifted my ribs and I was coughing so much that literally for about a couple of months, I could only work out here and there. Um, and I talked about it a little bit like on my story and stuff, but I didn't like post about it uh, on, on Instagram or social media that much, but it really affected me to the point where I lost a lot of strength. So this last few months, I've been feeling really strong because a lot of other things came from that. Like I started getting weak in other areas of my body. Um, and now that I'm, I've gotten strong again, I'm healthy again. Uh, I, this year, it's really important for me to, to get strong. So I've been doing more weight training again and more lifting and heavier kettlebells uh, to get myself back to where I was. Because I was, I was extremely strong at one point. Um, so, You're jacked. You are jacked. Jot, so jot, yeah, bro. Um, so yeah, animal flow is a is a huge way of what I do, uh, a huge part of my training. But I also do a lot of kettlebells, and I do some traditional uh, lifting as well. But I would say I do traditional like heavier lifting maybe once a week now, uh, and that's a lot for me now um, because I had built up so many years of doing that that when I got into flow and more mobility training, my body was like, you're, you're good with that. You don't really need that right now. And it wasn't, you know, getting bigger was never a goal for me. So I had put that in the back burner. But now that I, ever since last year, when I got weaker this year, I'm very much about staying mobile, but getting stronger. And then once I hit a certain point, I'll probably go back to mainly flowing. So my workout regimen ebbs and flows a lot, but flow and yoga as well. I'm also a yoga certified yoga teacher, but um, I mainly do more flow stuff. And I go to yoga probably two or three times a week now. I used to go five times a week. Um, and after that, I would do lifting and more flow. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, okay, what's, what's the most efficient thing to do now? And so for the last few weeks, um, I'll do flow and kettlebells one day. Next day, I'll do more mobility uh, and breath work. Next day, I'll do heavy lifting and a little bit of flow. Next day, I'll just go to the playground and play or go for a hike. You know, I, I, I like to switch it up a lot. Um, that, and then I also do my own strength and flow program. That sounds very well balanced. Yeah. I, I try I to mean, be. I think that's all you need. All right. <laughs> we got cut off. What, what's, yeah. what's your training regimen? <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm glad that cut off right there because I was going to say something super cheesy and stupid that what? my training regimen is traps, Fridays, buys and tries, Thursdays. <laughs> stupid. But um, <laughs> yeah, one more time, Venus, can you uh, tell us the website uh, where you have your, your services and products? Absolutely. Uh, I am venusfit.com. If you want to contact me, DM me on Instagram. Um, I, I look at all my DMs. Be patient. I'm not always the quickest at getting back, but I try to be. I try to do it within 24, 48 hours. Um, and yeah, I have Strength and Flow. It is a program, uh, a full body workout program, 18 workouts. You're never going to get bored. You're going to learn all kinds of stuff from animal flow to yoga moves to traditional calisthenics. There's even pulling in it and you're doing flows and breath work. If you are feeling uncomfortable, try my beginner program. I've laid it out a lot, uh, very, very simply 
uh, going through the concepts of learning movement. And then get ready for this summer in June. I'm going to be launching Kettlebell and Flow with Marcus, who is Kettlebell Exercises on Instagram. It's going to be a lot of fun and enjoy it. Awesome. And we're also looking forward to you uh, teaching a unit inside uh, OMU. Yes. Everyone is really pumped about that. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll all see you soon. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Venus. Thank you. I appreciate it. DJ, hit me up. Not even kidding. We're going to do a junkyard flow. Yeah. We, I mean, we have to now. We, yeah. we put it out into the universe. We just have to manifest it. Right. Next, <laughs> next couple of weeks. I'm going to be on you. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend. All right. Bye, honey. Peace. Bye, everybody.